this is Wasila, and you are listening to Ebbs and Flows, a podcast all about the ebbs and flows of life. So, I actually recorded this um, earlier in the afternoon, and I just went to edit it, and I realized that I recorded using the wrong microphone. I was like listening to it and I was like, why does it sound so bad? So, um, hopefully the second time works better. Um, the thing I wanted to talk to you guys about was the feelings and sort of the experience around, uh, how you think about an abusive relationship and your, um, your ex-partner um, when they're abusive after the fact, so after the breakup or after the relationship is over. This has been an episode I've been wanting to record for a long while, but then I didn't end up getting to the podcast until a lot later and all of that, um, so I feel like some things have changed since then. I guess this is a good segue into sort of more of the context and backstory behind this episode, so I was in an abusive relationship, um, an abusive marriage, which was, it was a pretty short marriage, but I, I was in one that ended, I think, officially, like, all the paperwork and everything was, like, through and done end of 2019, I want to say. Um, yeah, that sounds right. Um, so right now, it kind of feels like, um, ancient history, and when I first came up with this episode idea and I wanted to record it, um, it was a lot more raw. But then I think I can also talk now a bit more about like the changes through time and stuff like that. But yeah, this is long overdue, so I definitely, st I still wanted to cover it and sort of check it off the list. I guess the thing that I want to start with, yeah, so, um, like I said, I was in abusive marriage for some time. So the thing is, it was like my, the only serious relationship I've ever been in. It was the only time I've ever um, been in love with someone so far. Hopefully that will change, but we'll see how and when or like how that'll work itself out. But anyways, and it was obviously then also my only breakup. So I might not have like a personal reference point, but it, you can kind of get some ideas on the differences and uh, takeaways and things like that, just even from just my own experience and also from how other people react and like what they say and stuff, because I feel like there are um, certain things that people still don't fully understand about abuse relationships and sort of what happens after the fact. People talk a lot about what happens during I mean, not everyone, but some people. I guess um, I'll start off by tackling the sort of Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde. I don't know if I'm getting those names mixed up, but like tackling that nature because that is a big thing. So I kind of want to talk about how like when you, after you get out of an abusive relationship, there are sort of two versions of that person in your head, if that makes sense. Like, there is the person that you fell in love with that has all those good qualities. And um, one thing that 
comes up a lot with abusive relationships is that some of us um say that oh he or she used to be my best friend but it's changed um so like yeah you remember that person who was your friend who um was great and then that so that is the quote-unquote good version of the person and then there is the version of the person who like is incredibly mean to you who maybe like gaslighted you like physical abuse, who, you know, was just straight up mean to you. And there's that person too. So it's like, it can be really an experience to try to reconcile those two people. And I mean, that happens while you're in the relationship too. Um, but it's a bit different because when you're in the relationship, uh, typically in an abusive relationship, you're also like, um, if you're still there, you're also trying to placate the quote-unquote bad version, like trying to get the, the person you fell in love with back by doing whatever you think will make them happy, like making yourself small, like pretty much the act goal of abuse, you know, um, is to be able to control someone that way. Um, so it's a bit different. And after the fact, you can kind of take a step back a bit and I guess, think more about, hey, what what is this? The experience after the fact is uh, a bit of a different experience. So, like, you have these two people. Sometimes it feels like two people in your head. And it's like, okay, how can this be the same person? And it's not like one of the versions is fake. And that's the tricky thing. So I, I guess um, I'll do like a quick caveat here where uh, I know that there are some people out there who that like that initial version and the initial stages of the relationship, they are, you know, trying to pretend and like trick their way into a relationship. So yeah, they're putting on a, a facade. Um, that wasn't my experience, um, I don't think that he was trying to like trick his, his way into a relationship or trying to be like a fake version of himself, like for a variety of reasons, which I won't get into right now, um, cause this episode is gonna get way too long. But, um, yeah, so that is definitely a thing. Um, it wasn't my case, so that's not really the type of relationship that I'm talking about here. Typically, they're, when you're in love with someone like that good version, like they're, that good version is real. It's not like they don't have any good qualities, even if they do um, irredeemable things. So like you have the good version and the bad version. And one thing that really helped me like um, pretty soon post breakup was to read and research and that's just a really common honestly coping mechanism of mine if I'm frustrated with something I just I want to understand it and it, it helps me feel better but like you you kind of come to the realization hopefully at some point that it might seem like it doesn't make sense that it's contradictory that those two versions can exist in one person but it's not really because basically um the thing with abusers is they tend to not have a sense of personal power or like personal empowerment and their sense of self itself is shaky like that's a common thing with emotionally immature people um i feel like all abusers are emotionally immature 
not all emotionally immature people are abusers, but it's like they act like according to how they feel like right then. So it's like those emotionally intimate moments you shared with a partner who ended up being abusive, like they, they're not fake. It could be that, you know, that's what they felt in the moment and that's, and that's what they shared. And then when they were upset, they also just, they just expressed that they didn't think twice about it. And that's why I, I kind of sometimes think of my ex as like a man child. Cause it's kind of like, that's kind of like a child who is just like, reacts just like that. Um, like however they want to, um, which isn't to say that sometimes there isn't some like cleverness behind it because it's a common thing with abusers to know like what things will lead to consequences and they tend to avoid those. I feel like that's human nature in general. Like not to say that everyone's going around like manipulating people, but we tend to be more cognizant when there are, um, you know, consequences and rewards as a general rule. But, um, yeah, so I think it helps to kind of like understand that stuff. I'm not going to hash over all of those things now, maybe in a future episode, um, like the, that sort of mentality. But um, that was one thing that helped me. And I mean, I wanted to talk about this because I feel like this is uh, an element of post breakup. Um, that's very specific or more specific, I guess, to abuse than it is to relationships that weren't abusive. You know, some days, and this is also just a process of grief, like some days you'll be sad. Like you'll remember that good version and you'll like be sad or you might um, miss something about the time you spent together or the person. Um, and that's not necessarily to say you regret not being with them. Like you might still just, you know, be happy that you you are not with them and and recognize that you're better off without them and that they didn't respect you and all of that. But, you know, just it's I think it's natural to, you know, just sometimes feel sad. Um, like it takes time to get over these things. And also um, there will be some days where you'll be really angry. And the version of them you have in your head is like the bad version, like the version who hurt you and um, the person who like mistreated you and all of that stuff. And so there's like both of those there it can feel sometimes like it's a conflict like you're like it's a contradiction or like one of those is wrong when it really isn't both of those people they're one person and I mean sometimes it's also like some days it's easy to be like oh yeah I can it makes sense that they're one person and someday you might just feel like no I don't my brain just can't wrap its head around it but the thing is, all those feelings are valid, like confusion is valid, uh, the anger and the sadness is valid, and it makes sense. It might seem conflicting, but it's really not, because those moments were all real, like the loving moments were real, the sad moments were real, the moments where they were trash were real, and like it all happened. One thing that's important is to not feel like you can't feel or think about the person in a certain way. You just gotta let it fluctuate. I think, I mean, there's something to be said about, um, you know, if you find yourself like getting stuck or like 
you got kind of get stuck in uh, the story you tell yourself about the relationship that's getting in the way of honest reflection. That's one thing. But you also got to recognize that the feelings fluctuate day to day. If one day you are feeling angry about the mean version or whatever, the mean person your ex was, that doesn't invalidate um, the days where you might miss something about them and vice versa. And that's another thing, too. I think people might... I mean, these things also change over time. Um, they Like, the days where your ex even crosses your mind, it becomes less and less common with time, um, which is kind of one thing I want to touch on, because like I said, I wanted to record this episode a long time ago, and this isn't just... It isn't really something that's on my mind so much nowadays. I mean, it takes up a less significant space in your mind. And that's not to say that it's no longer like a significant part of your life. Like those experiences weren't like a significant thing to have happened or that, you know, impacted you personally. But it's just to say that it's lighter on the mind. It doesn't, it, it's not as um, heavy. Like there's sort of other things that become important, if that makes sense, in comparison. The last thing I kind of want to leave you guys with is a story that was, I think, like, post-breakup, before, like, all the all the sort of legal proceedings uh, sort of went through, uh, pretty soon after I broke up with him. So I think it's pretty common for like in in post-breakup advice and it's pretty common like for a lot of women to do this because it makes us feel better because like we just we like talking things out um it helps us process not everyone but it's like it's a generalization like they say you know post-breakup if you write a letter to your ex and it doesn't have to be you don't have to necessarily send it to them you might you might not whatever but it just it's a, it's like a thing where you write a letter and sort of get all your feelings out and, you know, like you're addressing them. Um, and I remember I really wanted to do that right after I broke up with him. But I felt like I couldn't do that because I wanted to address this letter to the person I fell in love with, to this person who was kind, who, you know was really loving to me and, um, you know, who was just a fun, lighthearted guy and all of this stuff. But I, I felt like I couldn't do that because I was like, well, this is not, this is not who he is because I, I just saw him be unempathetic, um, like be very like unkind to me, act like he absolutely hated me. So I didn't feel like I, I could write that letter. Like, I felt like it would be, like, fantasizing. It wouldn't be, like, a healthy coping mechanism or whatever. Um, but someone who has had a real positive impact on my life, I, I was basically telling her this. I was like, I want to write this letter, but, like, I can't do it because that person is not real that I want to write the letter to. Um, like, it's based on an illusion. It's, like, a fantasy. I shouldn't be writing it. And she was kind of like, well... I mean, no, you, you experienced that. And like, you, you've witnessed that person. Your parents witnessed that person. Like, it's not something that uh, you made up. And she was basically said, like, it's not, he's not one of the characters in your 
fictional stories that you write because I write some fiction sometimes like you didn't make him up like he was real um maybe he sort of revealed more about himself or changed over time but like that was real and I think that's important to remember and then I did end up writing I don't remember I think it was one letter it might have been a couple letters but I think it was one um but I did end up writing it and I felt so much better don't be afraid to acknowledge. I think like post-abusive relationship, it's really easy to kind of understand, okay, you're when you're angry at the person, when you're like, this person was no good for me because they weren't. But it's also fair to acknowledge um, that you miss some things about the person that you're still allowed to say like, oh, that person was really nice like that one time. Because it's not something that your imagination made up. It actually did happen. All of that is valid. So yeah, I kind of wanted to talk about that contrast. That was really the main thing I wanted to cover in the episode. I didn't actually think it would last the whole episode. I thought I'd have to pull some other stuff and like wing it to extend uh, this talk. But like always, I hope uh, you guys may have found it insightful. But even if not, um, I'm not like a professional psychologist or anything. I'm really just aiming for hopefully being someone who's like relatable and approachable and talking about this stuff. I hope that maybe if you could relate, you feel like a little more um, seen. And if not, you feel like you may have learned something or at least enjoyed this talk. So I will leave you guys with that and I will talk to you next time. Bye.